1: Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSO writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's episode, we have a preview episode. We've got a number of games that are kicking off this weekend, despite the uh you know the the possibility of some folks thinking that there's not going to be a ton of action this weekend that's just simply not true we've got USWNT action that we have to preview we've got one NWSL match that we have to preview and we've got the debut of Copa Angelina we're very very excited about it before we take a deep dive into everything Quick reminder for all our listeners, you can watch all of our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. Please subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live, youtube.com slash attacking third. Lisa, we're back at it, buddy. Me and you. We sure are, Sandra.
2: Um, I'm so happy to be here doing it with you. Of course, it's so funny you mentioned that it's technically like a bye week in NWSL because it's um, an international break and there are plays happening, but there is still action, In the NWSL, due to a makeup game that U.S. Women's National Team is playing, as you mentioned, Copa Angelina, there are a number of things happening, so there's no rest for the weary. Like, we keep going. We have so much to preview, so much to talk about. It's never-ending. We've got the Women's Super League starting next week, which is, like – crazy it's around the corner we've been like gearing up for it here gearing up for it on the cbs side of things in my personal life so i can get ready to watch these games and do previews um and everyone can watch all of the women's super league exclusively on paramount plus it kicks off september 10th It's the first game so like everything is happening all at once it is quite thrilling we've got a holiday weekend coming up for everyone um I will find my way to the beach as I usually do. I know people <laughs> tend to note that of me—that somehow I just make my way to the beach. I'm very close to it, and yes, every chance I get, Look, I am there. So hopefully, I see some sunshine this weekend, as well as everyone else—you, our listeners, anyone else. I hope you get into the sunsh- sunshine.
1: I—it's uh, it, it's September first, right? And I feel like when when this time of year comes around, there's like two. There's like two kinds of people, you know. There's like, there, there's the crowd that's like, okay like last weekend of summer let's really try to get it in let's find the beach and then there's people who are like sick let's put up the pumpkins yes (laughs) I like to think that like I'm a good mix of like both I'm very oh my gosh I'm very excited to like get some you know get out there and get some sun but I'm also uh, look I'll put myself on blast I do have a pumpkin decoration out already.
2: It's September 1st. That's, that's totally acceptable. And I apologize for those that are looking to cozy up with a blanket, some like hot cocoa pumpkins (laughs) and like (laughs) candles. Yes, do that for sure. But for those that are still searching for the sun, because they know that the winter months are coming and we have to hibernate. um, Yeah, that's me. I'm going to be looking for the sun this weekend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive into some previewing here, right? We've got uh, not just one, but two, United States women's national team friendlies to talk about. They're going to be uh, taking, uh, taking, uh, participating, excuse me, in a two game series against Nigeria, the first of which will kick off uh, in Kansas City. And then they will meet once more in washington dc so saturday you can find the united states women's national team in kansas city children's mercy park that's going to be kicking off at uh, noon et you can watch that action all on fox and then tuesday will be at audi field at 6 p.m local time you can watch that on espn you know lisa when the initial roster drops for uh the training camps for for these friendlies it, it was you know the energy was usual suspects right we we didn't see a ton of change from the the 23 player roster that competed in July for the CONCACAF W championship and that included you know, a player like, uh, or players like Sam Coffey, uh, Ashley Hatch, you know, Hatch was someone who came out mm-hmm. uh, of that tournament due to an injury, Coffee slotting into her place. But all of these players uh, got brought back in. And initially, Emily Sonnet wasn't listed on the roster due to said injury, but but that was the 23. This, we, we saw, we didn't really see a ton of change going from July to August, uh, but some recent news. Uh we've chatted a little bit about it in previous episodes. There's been a couple of different additions or additional uh players coming into to this roster. Both Haley Mace and Savannah DeMello uh, are jumping in to fill in some some <laughs> some certain positions. I mean, well let's talk let's start with that. Uh we first saw that Haley Mace was gonna come on in. Uh, And and replace Kelly O'Hara, someone who is uh, also dealing with a lingering hip injury. But then we also got news of Savannah DeMello entering the fold, but coming in place for Trinity Rodman, who has a family commitment. Um, So those are the two newest additions to this roster ahead of these two friendlies.
2: Yeah, and, and one thing that we did touch on right when this news broke is that it's it's not like-for-like like swaps in this one, um, with Trinity Rodman being swapped in for – or Savannah DeMello, excuse me, being swapped in for Trinity Rodman, that's a midfielder for a forward, very different types of players. Um, likewise with Haley Mace, Kelly O'Hara is is a defender, um, which we have seen Mace play in, in her time, but she's traditionally a midfielder, um, it likes to be a little bit higher up the pitch, but I imagine that we'll see her slotted into that back line, but not, not like for like, in terms of like how they play and positionally, I don't think, um, because of of this swap for Savannah DeMello initially, I really like that. It's great to see a player like that um, get her first international senior team call up into this camp. I hope she gets time, right? I hope she sees minutes. Like these are good friendlies for some of these younger players or maybe inexperienced players on the roster to get minutes, whether it's someone like um a Savannah DeMello or even a Sam Coffey, Taylor Corniak players that maybe were called into the CONCACAF W championship in terms of Corniak and Coffee got there towards the end of it. But I want to see them get time. Like that's the point of this. Yes. The point is to be in training and to compete and to have that level of intensity and, and understand what it's like to be playing along some of the very best players in the entire world. But in order to really see how that translates from training to the pitch, like and needs to play a little bit of uh, of these players and give them time and give them minutes. Um, I think the same goes for Haley Mace, but I'm also not sure if we'll see her get time. It's, it's like just because in the yeah. back line, he's still trying to really establish players like Emily Fox, Sofia Huerta in that back line. Um, now without Kelly O'Hara, yeah, maybe that opens things up for Mace, but – in terms of moving forward, I'm just not sure how fluid that back line is going to look as we get nearer and nearer to the World Cup. And, and with a player like Crystal Dunn being back in training, no, she's not competing. Like She's also slotting into that back line. So it makes the competition for a back four spot that much tighter. And and frankly, in the World Cup, I doubt we'll see that much rotation between that back line, maybe an outside back here or there every other game. But Um, it becomes a little bit more of a solidifying spot in in that back line. When when we talk about the first game versus Nigeria in Kansas City and then the second one in D.C., um, do you think that we'll see a lot of differences between these styles of play I know this is like really in the gun here but like styles of play whether we see the U.S. try to switch things up if the formation will be very very similar I know that at times Lachlan and has said no we're starting the same three it's going to be Sophia Smith Mallory Pugh Alex Morgan up top we want to see them get consistent minutes find a rhythm like they're going to be the starters and they're going to play together like have more of that positional rotation versus just mixing it all up.
1: No, I, I hear you 100% on where you're going. But Before I answer that, I want to, you know, touch on, on DeMello and Moses um, oh, yeah. addition to, to the roster real, real quick. I, I know we've talked about it on, on previous episodes, but if for anyone who's joining us, um, you know, live for the first time and sort of hearing uh, the new additions, like I know that we were like excited to, sort of see the fact that these players got got called in. So like with, with Mace, you've got a player who um, really hasn't had a lot of time in senior-level national team camps. Um Period and the experience that she has is already like stemming back to several years ago. So, so the last time she was with you know the senior national team it was in 2018, and, and so the complete previous cycle and only has about three caps next to her name. So I, I I'm with you in what you were saying where maybe we might not see these these two players get get time on on the pitch because I don't imagine that these two players coming in is it's, it's sort of being viewed as like this kind of shakeup ahead of the world cup, you know, with the, with the timeline that they have anywhere from like eight to 10 months um, to sort of build up to 2023. I don't view these two players additions as like, Hey, here's another shakeup of the roster before, you know, settling things out for, for 2023. And you know, Mace coming, she's into this camp, I think for an, a, two very specific reasons. Number one is that she's in really great form right now with the Kansas city current. She's been, she's been playing a lot of great soccer with, with her, with her club team. And one of these friendlies is going to be in Kansas city. So it's like partially like, Hey, she's in really good form. And you know what? We need a replacement. Kelly O'Hara's out with injury. This is very last minute. We're already in Kansas City. Why don't you come on in and, and join the fold and, and, and mix it up in the fray with us? You know, so um, I'm excited for, for her inclusion, but I don't imagine that it's going to be a real massive shakeup in that back line. because I'm in 100 percent agreement with you, Lisa, and that. Andronofsky and the coaching staff is trying to settle things out with with players like Fox, with players like uh, Sofia Huerta and the fact that you've got somebody like Crystal Dunn back into the fold. You're you're also keeping an eye on that player as well. Right. Phenomenal athlete. So um, I, I would imagine Um, sort of transitioning this to the question that you asked me, I don't really know if we're going to see some tactical changes. I really do feel that this coaching staff is sort of looking at this next buildup, these next several months um, leading up to the world cup. As opportunities to sort of iron out starting 11s, right. Mm -hmm. Iron out your, your game changers, your, your ideal substitutions perhaps. um, And really just make sure you're cementing any type of chemistry that you can and really start playing some, some cohesive soccer, um, which is maybe unfortunate in a certain sense, because I know for, for you and I, we would maybe like to see games like this be utilized to mix up some things. I mean, if, if this is the final stretch of preparation for the world cup, like you should, you should be doing those things. Like maybe you, maybe Nigeria is going to present some very different challenges for this roster specifically that just won CONCACAF W championship, right? So they faced a lot of certain um, different type of game scenarios against all of those CONCACAF nations, right? But they're absolutely going to be facing something different in a team against a team like Nigeria, a a team that is very, very smart on the ball that can turn a game on its head very, very quickly. And so these are, these are going to be challenges obviously for your defensive shape. So I'm, I'm eager to sort of see what, what this U.S. women's national team can do with that against the opposition like Nigeria, um, but I, I really do think we're going to con- continue to see this kind of this frontline trio of you know of, of Pew of Smith of Morgan. I think they're really trying to go. The coaching have is is maybe giving them instruction on how to continue to build together. I mean, you know, we're, we're we were just talking about some of the fun some of the fun banter that we were seeing between them online, you know, for, for club. It's like, Oh no, let's say, like, Hey, it's like, you're scoring. I gotta, I gotta get on the board too. And it's like, Oh no, the two of you are like getting on the board. I gotta, I gotta keep up too. So we're starting to see it both on and off the pitch. And, and I just think that that's something that we're going to continue to see in these games in uh, against Nigeria.
2: I agree. I mean, the formation and like, Defensively structure for this U.S. side. I'm not sure. Someone in our chat asking about Savannah Demello. Is she a six? She with racing Louisville. She plays higher, right? We have, um, have Jalen How in that six. I mean, most recently with Louisville, we've yeah. seen them actually play more of a box in the midfielder. Yeah,
1: I, I think there are there are lulls of the game with Louisville right. where where Demello can be kind of like that kind of passing midfielder. But she's just with, so with good. So box, it's, it's always.
2: She's moving always around. Yeah. I mean, she can play that defensive six, but I don't think she will. When you look at this roster for the U.S., I think he's going to try to put um, DeMello a little bit higher. You've got players like um, Sam Coffey coming into this, that she yeah. plays the six. And in, in college at Penn State, she uh, Coffey played much higher. She was more of an attacking midfielder. And now with Portland, we've seen her really grow into that defensive midfield yeah. role with Andy Sullivan there as well. I That's something that I could see is uh, we talked about this with Lori, Lindsay, yeah, Ali Wagner, a pivot. A double pivot yeah. having. So both Andy Sullivan and Sam coffee be in that six, which is a double pivot, which allows for one to move forward and one to slot back. So there's constantly coverage centrally while also like balancing out your attack and moving play, players forward. I mean, I don't know.
1: I, yeah. I guess we'll see how the we problem roll is we out. We haven't really seen it, right? That's like a that's like a request. It's like a want. Like we're sort of like putting it out in the air like but we also want to manifest we're, it. We're getting to
2: that point where we're we're less than a year out from the World Cup. So like if Vlahovic and wants to start incorporating new formations, um having them transition on the fly, like yes, these players are intelligent enough and soccer savvy enough to do that, but you've got to start implementing it in in game-like situations now. So I think that this is a bit of a bold statement, but if we're going to see any formational changes for the world cup, we will see them in these two matches against Nigeria. Otherwise yeah. I don't foresee it happening.
1: I don't know. Like, I think it might, I think it might be something more like an in game adjustment. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like right off the back. We're going to see a starting 11 in a completely new formation that just doesn't, that just doesn't fall in line with what we've seen from this coaching staff. You know, I think we're going to see that typical, you know, 4-3-3. We're going to see, uh, you know, a similar front line that we saw at times um, in the buildup to the CONCACAF qualifiers and then during the, the CONCACAF qualifiers. And perhaps there will be um, situational moments during the, the match that perhaps we will, you know, see some, some different things, you know, and, I think that's more me kind of maybe like hoping for that because again I'm with you I think that Nigeria is a, is is an excellent side to go up against post CONCACAF championship and you know be able to say hey we actually might be able to try out some different unique game scenarios here and I hope I really do hope we get to see it I think especially You know, going from that first game to that second game, Lisa, you know, maybe maybe they might divvy it up, you know, maybe they they want to have a certain tactical plan against Nigeria in, you know, Saturday's game in Kansas City, you know, versus uh tuesday's game in 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 washington uh dc so uh i don't know we'll see i'm hopeful like fingers fingers crossed right i think that's what we're doing right now
2: we will see it'll be really interesting i think we'll learn a lot as as fans and analysts of the united states women's national team um if bringing in all of these different players if it's for training experience or if it's to be implemented in gameplay, and if if any changes will happen
1: all right, I'm going to I'm going to put us both on the spot here. You know, we've got uh two new additions to this roster. We we know the the 23 who are going in. Um, you know, is we maybe have an idea of players who we're going to see over the course of these two two matches. So, I don't know, do we want to do like uh, an attacking third like starting 11 that we would like to see in this game or is, are there players that you want to see get more time? In, in, in these games, Lisa.
2: Um, I, I mean sure we can run through a starting eleven, but players I want to see get more time. Um, Kingsbury, Aubrey Kingsbury in goal. Uh-huh. I, I want to see I, she's been called in so many times uh-huh. and and hasn't gotten an like enough opportunities and enough chances. And so for me that's something that I would really like to see her get minutes, frankly. Um in the back line, I think that between like a Gurma and a Cook. I think Gurma has stood out more in NWSL yeah. play and been way more consistent, been way more effective along the back line. So I would really like to see him give Gurma that that availability and that opportunity um, to play and play consistently. Yeah. But those are really the big players that I'm like, you, you've got to give them time. You've got to give them opportunity. I mean, some of the players being called in, I'm not so sure about. Like, I, I think we'll see sanchez get time like i hope sam coffee gets time but if she doesn't like i'm not going to be that surprised but yeah. um like i think taylor corniak will get time i know you we talked about Haley mason being in kansas city i could see him playing her because they are in kansas city yeah and when in DC like she doesn't see the field at all she's not even dressed like i don't yeah. know how that works so but i could see because like she's playing there like there's there'll be a big crowd for her that he gives her time in the kansas city match
1: yeah, I mean, if she if she dresses and, and it's a certain scoreline and there's a certain scenario that there may be that they don't need an extra look at, I, I wouldn't be too too surprised um, by that. But um, I, I'm with you on Girma. I, I want to see I want to see Girma specifically against a very good attacking side like Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I really do want to see um this back line kind of um, tested in, in, in that capacity. So I, I would imagine that we, you know, are going to, you know, continue to see, um, you know, continued development between, you know, Fox and where at those outside back positions when it comes to that kind of, you know, rotating center back duo there. It's, it's, it's a, it's a pair of friendlies, right? So we're mm-hmm. obviously going to see some type of combination of cook, Germa in, in Sauerbrun along that 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 do that do all of games in and, and that pairing so but I think to start I think I would really like to see to see Girma within that as well I hear you about Kingsbury I do I do wonder if you know kind of post NWSL regular season um if uh, a different third goalkeeper is called in to to some of those um to, to some later camps, quite frankly, um just because of the lack of time that that she's gotten uh, you know in, in both in the buildup to uh to the qualifiers and then coming out of the qualifiers is as, as well. Um and Casey Murphy appears to sort of be back in form for sure with with clubs. So I, I don't know if she's going to be getting a start in, in either of these games once more. Um, yeah, here's a fun one. Maybe I think with the forward line, the forward trio, right, we're talking about, you know, Pew, Smith, uh, Morgan. But let me let me ask you this. Let's 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 put our, our takes out on this based on current form. Megan Rapino's coming off of an outstanding August in NWSL with O.L. Reign. Does Does Megan Rapinoe get starts in, in either of these games? Or, or do you think uh, she's still going to continue to sort of play this this sort of off-the-bench role?
2: Megan Rapinoe has been outstanding for O.L. Reign in the NWSL for club play. That is undeniable. I think it more so just solidifies why she's being called into these camps. I don't think Rapinoe will start I think that Rapino understands, Laccoe understands, um, players like Pew Smith understand that it, this is a transition phase for that front line. And Megan Rapino is there to push the intensity in training, to be that incredible leader, to show them what can happen. Um, I think she'll get time coming in off the bench and make a massive impact, as we've seen her do, even if she gets like less than 10 touches on the ball she'll still make an incredible impact with five touches on the ball. So I don't think she'll start, not because of her play. I mean, her play, she deserves to start and play 90. But I think it's more about getting other players opportunities, finding a rhythm um, with some of these players that he wants to see moving forward be that stable front line. And and maybe it becomes – someone like Smith, Pugh, and Hatch in that midfield or in that front line because Hatch is also coming off of a brace with Washington Spirit. Like She's a player that didn't get as much time in the CONCACAF W Championship due to that back injury that she had. She had to end up going home earlier, so could that happen? But um, nah, I don't think Rapino will start, but not because she doesn't deserve it, but just because that's not the direction of the team.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I think I think with all the uh, discussion and everything that they've talked about, you know, saying the conversations that they've had with the coaching staff and and repeating on sort of her role moving forward. That despite the you know really hot form that she's in right now, that maybe that might not necessarily mean that it's going to you know equal a start um, in these matches. But you know, with with six forwards it going into this, you you would imagine that the the substitutions are in place. So it'll probably be you know obviously hatch for, for morgan or or rapino and in, in, in purse for for somebody like a pew or a or a smith but uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens we'll know we'll have a lot of answers i think by that first game in kansas city and by the second game in, in dc maybe we'll we'll see a little bit of different energy around the game, but there's also a little bit of a historical component that's going to be occurring with this second match in DC when the United States women's national team plays this second friendly against Nigeria in DC at Audi field, us soccer, the USWNT players association and the U S men's national team players association will officially sign a historic new collective bargaining agreement on the field as part of a, you know, sort of the post-game ceremonies.
2: Yes, this is huge. I mean, um, when this was announced about the collective bargaining agreement uh, being solidified and then the fact that it gets to be signed post-game live at Audi Field, this is the second CBA signing that we've seen this year live, right? The first one yeah. in the NWSL at Angel City, that was huge, um, the commissioner there and everything. And and with this one... Um, there will be players there from both the men's side and then, of course, the women's side. So USSF President Cindy Parlow cohn she will sign it, as well as the U.S. Women's National Team uh, Players Association officers, which is Becky Sauerbrunn, Crystal Dunn, Sam U.S., and Becca Rue, um, as, as well as some of the men's players' representatives. So they'll all be there signing this. I mean, this is just massive for the U.S. It's the first time that a federation in the world of soccer has agreed to equal world cup prize money and that is just massive heading into a men's world cup year and then a women's world cup um because the men's world cup is literally around the corner so the fact that this is happening is a huge achievement for not only the US soccer um the women's team the men's team but honestly the world of football and it's happening on September 6th which is women's equality day uh, this date was picked to commemorate the 1920 certification of the 19th amendment which gave women the right to vote so there's they didn't just pick this date <laughs> and say we'll sign this they they made it a little bit more historical have a little bit more meaning on it as as they signed this historic cba
1: It's going to be a big, big day. 2022, the year of the collective bargaining agreement. you love to see it. We've got more to get through in this episode. We've got games to preview in NWSL, and we're going to do that right after we take a quick break.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: All right. Quick reminder before we get into everything, the FA women's super league is officially on paramount Plus. plus first game. will be kicking off on September 10th. So please stay tuned for upcoming attacking third episodes, all about the W S L we're hyped about it. We got a lot coming through the pipeline for you all in terms of W S L content, but, Let's stick to NWSL for now. There is a series of games that's going to be taking place this weekend. So while it is an international window and the United States women's national team is on duty and there are a ton of NWSL players uh, repping their national teams right now. New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC, and North Carolina Courage are actually going to be playing a makeup day, uh, match. It's going to be their Match Day 3 game uh, that's finally going to be played in September here. Um, it was originally scheduled to be played on May 14th, but unfortunately, the game was postponed due to COVID-19 protocols. It was, I uh, believe, set to be the home opener. For Gotham FC in in this, so a little bit of different energy in in this one, Lisa, you've got a game that was supposed to be played very early in the season. And now you've got two teams that are going to be going head to head in September. We're talking final stretch of the regular season. Who do you got in this one?
2: So this is so interesting kind of um when you look at the landscape of the league and how this is unfolding and how now this game is being played. And when you look at form of some of these teams, I'm not sure if it, it is better or worse to be played now, honestly, because when you look at, I mean, this is an international window. So Gotham is without... Mitch Purse, Christy Mewis, um, Ifioma Onomano, who plays for Nigeria, and meanwhile North Carolina—they're without a number of players. I mean, Casey Murphy is away with the United States national team. So the the balance between these two sides playing at this point in the season—I mean, we can't dwell on it too much because it, it it happened, and now we're here, and now these teams have to deal with it. We have to deal with it as analysts. Uh, Gotham's truly on the struggle bus—seven straight winless for them they're they're struggling they've brought in Menzies who has said that the morale for this club and this team is changed it's a complete 180 they're ready to go he's trying up different formations we've seen Ali Creeger higher up into the midfield to try to combat some of their opponents' midfield pressure, playing alongside McCall Zerboni. Um, I think Paige Monahan has had a tremendous season with Gotham. She's really stepped up in for a team that has struggled with scoring, struggled to find the back of the net, and maybe the pressure is on for players like Anamanu, Purse, Mewis even. So that relieves some of the pressure from someone like Monaghan, who doesn't feel that, and then can go out there, play her game, uh, be – confident in what Monaghan's able to do on the pitch and she's able to pick up goals. Meanwhile, North Carolina, they are, they're just cruising right now. It's really impressive to watch this team and what they've been able to do. Now they are coming off of a loss, the 3-2 loss to Kansas City, but in their last six games, North Carolina has scored at least three goals. And That is literally insane. They had two back-to-back four-goal games, um, or excuse me, one four-goal game in the mix of all of that against Chicago Red Stars. But North Carolina can score. They can find the back of the net, but it's their defensive efforts that are truly struggling. And now without Casey Murphy, I am a little bit nervous as to what can happen. I think if you're a Gotham side, you're looking at this North Carolina roster and and their most recent form and saying, we just got to shoot. We got to put opportunities on. When you think back to Gotham's last game against Angel City, they had opportunities. They were creating chances. Um, but Angel City's defense got very lucky. Didi Teach had a fantastic game scoring or saving so many different goals. So if you're Gotham, you're saying, let's just come out, do the same thing we did last time, be a little bit more clinical on our finishes and see what we can do. Meanwhile, North Carolina – they can score. They can score these goals. We saw a quiet game from Diana Ordonia's last match um, to see kind of how she transitions into this one and, and if she's playing and what she's doing there. Caroline coming off of a brace. This one, it, it proves to be a bit more interesting than uh, just what meets the eye when you initially look at this, how it's a COVID makeup game in the middle of an international break. I haven't given my pick yet. I want to hear your analysis first on this one. What are your thoughts on this match, Sandra?
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you. I'm feeling everything that you sort of laid out. You know already. I, I think the biggest thing for me is, the biggest thing for me is that knowing that these two teams are just in completely different areas right now in their season. I think on paper you're looking at two teams and you see, hey, there are two bottom table teams who are going to be playing a match a makeup match at that on Sunday, right? And I think you have to look a little bit outside the lines uh, of that paper a bit. You know, you're looking at, you know, who's going to be available, in in these games you know there's there's an international window right now uh we're again we're we're, we're doing this live for for our our listeners so we don't have the availability reports in, in terms of the personnel who will be available or unavailable in, in, in this match due to either injury or um you know in, in international due to we do know for for gotham you know what are they going to look like and how how are they what are they going to present to a north carolina side that has sort of You know, been trying to make a little bit of noise down this final stretch of of the season. They're going to be without Mitch Purse. They're going to be without Christy Mewis. You know, these are two massive players to be without at this point in in the season. But again, this is a game that they didn't anticipate that they would be unavailable, and so I I I do have some concern. I think there's like you know you've got Ordóñez who's nursing um, a shoulder injury right now. We saw her kind of come out of the pitch. You know, at a out of a, as a precaution um, a couple weeks ago, but, you know, I think there's, there's potential for, for a game like this to, to maybe, you know, perhaps get out of control a little bit, maybe for lack of a better um, phrasing, you know? So it's just like, I do wonder if like a team, like, like, like North Carolina who are going to come out in this game with an entirely different sense of urgency Compared to a team like Gotham, who's going to be missing a couple key players who have, what is it at this point now, 12 losses on, on the season. Um, and it's just, you know, they're, they're being led by by interim head coach Hugh Menzies. And it's just kind of like they're in a different phase of their season versus. North Carolina. So I'm just, um, I just want everybody to come out of this game happy and healthy, you know, and be able to continue on with their, um, with their regular season, you know. But I do think that, uh, Carolina might be able to come out here and, you know, go ahead and and get all three points. So I'm, I'm in terms of my pick, I'm going with 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 North Carolina just because of their recent form. And even if this game, I, I think even if this game does come down to midfields or uh, defensive shape. I just think that North Carolina is starting to figure things out very, very late in, in the season. But uh, you know, with players like Carson Pickett, you know, being able to get higher into, into the attack and try to spearhead and facilitate things or uh, somebody like uh, uh, Denise O'Sullivan Sullivan uh being able to to dictate dictate those things you know Uh I just think that they've got a, a current run of form even coming off of a loss they've got a current run of form that I think you look at that team and you say maybe there's enough here to go ahead and pick up a win but but with so many players missing Lisa I did I go back and wonder if this was going to be a draw I did yeah I mean
2: that's you have to look at that because Denise O'Sullivan is with Ireland. She's playing in the world cup right now. So like a lot of the players are not there for international break and, and the, the results of this match matter. So it becomes a balance of, okay, this is a, this is a game where we should have off. Uh, We need to rest some players, but also this match definitely matters moving forward because if you look at the standings right now, Gotham is at the bottom. They've got 12 points. They they, this is a little rough for them. They're 14 points off of that playoff line where Chicago sits at 26 points. Meanwhile, North Carolina, they're at 16 right now. If they win, they get 19 points. Um, that just closes the gap. They, they won't change positioning. They'll stay in ninth place, North Carolina. But that'll close the gap between these bottom four teams and that top four teams and, and – or the bottom four teams and then the top teams. And North Carolina can almost solidify themselves – as being part of that top bunch, leaving racing Louisville, Washington, and Gotham at 14, 13, 12 points at the bottom. It just creates separation. So for North Carolina, this game matters a ton, a ton. They they need to pick up points in this one. I agree. I'm going to go with North Carolina in this one, but if it's a draw, like we won't be surprised. We'll come back and we'll laugh about it. But I think North Carolina needs to win this and I hope they, they can score some goals.
1: We, uh, we believe in, uh, Brittany Radcliffe, right. And, yeah. uh, for, for, uh, for North Carolina. Yeah. I'm, I'm eager to see that. I think I, do like, believe I, said, in Brittany I Radcliffe. she's a great I, player. It's so I great. Think, I just think like, again, like, I just think that, you know, this is a match day three game that's being played in September. It's just a very, it's just a very different, it's going to have a much different energy, uh, you know, than if it would have been played, um, you know, back in, back in May. So I just think that, you know, I, again, I'm going with a pick. I'm making a pick because there's just one, you know, actual NWSL regular season match that's in, in, in play. But, you know, I am going against my gut here. I I am saying like, you know, that maybe I kind of wanted to go with a draw. So uh, we'll, we'll see how the teams, uh, you know, come out and uh, face up against each other and what type of urgency they, they play with in, in, in this match. But uh, for, for people who are looking for additional, um, NWSL action. Just uh, you know, look to the West Coast perhaps as well because uh, it's here. Copa Angelina is here. It's an exciting time uh, in NWSL. It's an exciting time in LA. Uh, Copa Angelina. For for folks who don't remember uh, when the news dropped of this, uh, we were really really hyped about it because it was just like a new a, a new partnership that was announced between Angel City and the uh, Mexican women's national team. So this partnership was announced where they're going to have these friendlies over the next couple of years. And it's just very, it's just like cool to to finally see how at one point there was going to, that this was just announced, right? And I feel like we were just doing an attacking third episode about it, Mm -hmm. but now it's here. (laughs) And like, we're all just super excited to sort of see how this um how this is going to come to light, like what it's going to look like as we see a senior level uh, Mexican women's national team going up against, uh, you know, an NWSL side that is, you know, in the midst of a, of a playoff push, quite frankly. So um, I'm excited to see this finally, um, you know, get underway and uh, to sort of see the crowd, you know, that, that, that might, uh, that this might attract because part of it was, Uh, part of this kind of coming together was, you know, for Angel City was bringing together this Angel City football club and then the Mexican Women's National Team to sort of ensure that you're representing, like, two two different, you know, city two different cultures, um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like, kind of fuse all that together, you know, because of the large, you know, uh, Mexican uh, community that there is in in Los Angeles. So uh, I'm also curious to sort of see, like, um in, in this one like who we actually might see in action in this one because it wasn't just it wasn't too long ago lisa where we where we saw angel city uh you know take on Thinkers Feminile uh in, in a bit of an exhibition game.
2: Yeah. Yeah I'm I mean, excited for this Copa Angelina. I think that it's it's huge. I mean we've talked to um some of the the people at Angel City whether they're in their front office or um Angela Hughes and about this and like how important it is for this club and how this was something that they wanted to do. They knew they wanted to do it as soon as uh, L.A. was going to get a women's soccer team that this needed to happen in order to kind of highlight the Mexican national team and the growth of women's soccer and something that Angel City has been. The, a key starter in in continuing the growth of women's football and then highlighting that the Mexican culture in LA like you mentioned is huge through ent- entertainment community outreach um the competition on the pitch this is massive and it comes at a fantastic time during this international break I know that the bank is going to be rocking for this one they're doing a fan fest before if you're in Los Angeles head out to that to their fan fest I know angel city goes all out but this is a huge huge matchup for these two sides and and for really the start of NWSL playing against uh, an international team.
1: Yeah, for sure. And something cool, like different, like little components, like little cool things that you tried to to, to look at to sort of get hyped about the game. Um, if people missed it, uh, the Mexican uh, football Federation went ahead and announced the debut alongside Adidas of the official, like, kind of secondary kit for for Team Mexico uh, for the upcoming year. These uh, some of these jerseys have already been featured in U uh, seventeen matches for for the U seventeen women's side, and uh, they will be the one of the official kits for uh, the upcoming World Cup uh in qatar for the men's team as well so I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious if we're gonna get to see the debut of these kits for the uh, mexican senior women's national team but um i love this kit all the detailing in, in between it it's a uh, you know you got the white kit with all of the 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 red kind of stitching across it and, and the design of it um and uh with the new with The new crest as well, so it's uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool to sort of see. And I, I you know, we'll we'll find out. Like, yeah, you know, I know Angel City usually wears their their black away kits uh, at home. So, I think like if the Mexican women's national team go ahead and take the the pitch in these kits, I think it'll be like you know, not just um, you know, two cool teams going head to head on the soccer field, but it will also be like maybe a little bit of a kick clash as well. I think it yes. be it'll be like it'll be like two very cool kits uh, also like going um head to head in this one as well so hopefully we'll get to we'll get to see that in action during this game and uh yeah quite frankly like hopefully we'll also get a chance to um Potentially see some familiar names, right? For for folks who made like, if if anybody was watching the uh, the Concacaf W Championship on Paramount Plus that took place in July, there's there's likely like to to be similar names that you saw playing during that competition right so uh you know players that have um collegiate ties to the united states right um there's uh their their goalkeeper who 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 got called up we saw uh in, in emily and so we saw uh, maria sanchez you know get get the call up as as well to to this to this um to this squad. And, uh, I know that the spirit also announced, uh, that Rodriguez is going to be participating in this as well. So I'm, I'm eager to see if like, we're gonna, you know, continue to see maybe a little bit more like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, NWSL crossover a little bit, like seeing angel city go up against, you know, some players, Uh, who have already played against them, you know, in, in NWSL competitions. So, um, and that's not to say that, uh, you know, you shouldn't, you know, pay attention to maybe some of the other players, you know, that maybe you saw during the, uh, the CONCACAF uh qualifiers like i mentioned Emmy, uh, Emily Alvarado was a goalkeeper that we saw a lot during during that time but but players who again maybe just went up against this Angel City side you know players who were representing for Tigres who are also on this Mexican national team so some of the players who were playing for Tigres against Angel City yep. might also feature <laughs> yeah, they might also feature in this game as well. So you know, you've got players like like Nancy Antonio, uh, Grace Espinosa, Cristina Ferral. Um, you know, so it's like there there might be some familiarity that comes into play here when you go when they're going up against Angel City. And like a thing that happens when you sort of have that familiarity with with players on the pitch, like it leads to you know these kind of highly competitive games. You know, so I'm um I'm hype I'm hyped for this one. You know, but yeah, there's already a ton of NWSL cross. Over, like I said, so you've got your Maria Sanchez, Jimena Lopez for all rain you've got, uh, you know, Dana Adornia obviously with the run that she's been on with the Kurds. She's going to be featuring with them as well. So, you know, again, like I'm I'm really curious to sort of see some of these more recent uh, and familiar names on the Mexican women's national team go up against uh, Angel City. I'm I'm really excited for this game. I wish we were going, Lisa, and know. you know, be able to sort of see some things in between and be like, hey, find these individual matchups as well, uh, and hopefully, it's a good game.
2: So I want to put you on the spot here. Um, yeah. Who do you have winning this one, Angel City or Mexico?
1: Well, you know what? If if like if we're going off of the the previous match, we mm-hmm. saw a lot of. Uh, rotation that was utilized with Angel City going up against Tigres Feminil in that exhibition game. And it was a real opportunity for, for, um, for Freya Coombe and the coaching staff essentially to get a ton of the uh, you know the bench out there, out on the pitch. We saw a lot of depth players that hadn't typically been utilized over the course of this regular season for Angel City. Get time against Tigres Feminil. And uh, I would imagine that there might be some combination of that. But I think because of some of that familiarity, the fact that they might have faced some of these players already going up against Tigris Femenil, the fact that there are going to be the there's going to be the potential for those individual battles on the pitch against uh, essentially, yes, a senior Mexican women's side. But the fact that there are a ton of players who could be getting the start for Mexico's national team, who have also played against Angel City, you know. Like, if you have a starting lineup for Mexico that has, you know, uh, uh Jimena Lopez in it, you know, uh, uh, Diana Ordonez, a a Maria Sanchez in this one, you know, the potential for there, uh, to be somebody like a Karina Rodriguez uh, alongside the spirit. Like, if we see these players coming in and, and getting starts or even featuring within them, it could lead to a very, um, you know, it could lead to a surprise result. So, I would love for. I would really love for for Mexico to come out here and, and and get a win. Quite frankly, I think it will be a really great experience for Angel City, but I also think it would raise the level of profile for that team as well. I mean, they're they they have goals in that program that they're trying to obtain. You know, they're they're coming off of another cycle in which they did not make the World Cup, right? So this next yeah. this next stretch of of, of years is is you know, looking ahead like you, they don't have a choice. They have to look ahead and, and 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 sort of see what's on the horizon for them. And that includes like the build up to, to something like a 2027. 20, but that also includes like integrating new players in and maybe rotating players out. I don't know if we're going to see that with the remainder of this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it happens um in, in the in the future, you know, perhaps in in the buildups of that, but we see that I think even in this roster, you know, we just had an interview with Scarlett Camberos, you know, and this is a very young player with Club América. Who said one of her goals was to, you know, go play in Liga Mex Feminil and, and and get looked at by the Mexican national team because she wants to, to represent Mexico's crest? And she got called in to back into this camp after missing yeah. out, missing out with an ankle injury, you know. So we're 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 I think we're already starting to see that uh, a little bit. They're they're getting different players in. Uh, newer players in to get different looks at them, and you know they're still in in the process of trying to find an, uh, a lead head coach, you know, uh, and technical directors uh, for 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 this team. That's something that's ongoing. It's something that's on their radar. They're saying, hey, it's going to be a different look for the the coaching staff, you know, for for this team. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited if you're out in the West Coast if you're out in LA, please, uh, you know, get your tickets and uh, hopefully you get out. to get treated to a to a fun match uh, in, in this one for sure.
2: I know, I agree. I'm excited for this one. Should be huge, huge matchup between these sides and just fun. Like it's good to have international football to watch.
1: Yeah, we love it. We love it here. We love it here at Attacking Third. And we love you all for joining us whenever we go live. So thanks everybody for listening to us chat all about US women's national team, NWSL Action, Mexican women's national team, Copan Helena. Uh thanks so much for, for joining us whenever we go live. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at attacking third a quick programming note we're going to be back next week to recap all of the matches that take place everybody enjoy your holiday weekend uh we're going to try to do that as well so make sure you're subscribed so that you know when we go live and give you all of the recaps okay for sandra and lisa roman this was attacking third